0: Well, welcome our online family. You are looking so good. We've installed the reverse camera now so I can actually see into all of your homes. Not really. Glad you're here. God bless. I'd like to just say, the Lord is doing something marvelously intimate in this hour of the church. Um, I'm the Lord's just speaking to me things that, like, I haven't normally understood the timing like this. But I have a really strong. Uh, sense and an awareness of some of the things that are on the horizon as I'm praying and and just having conversation with him rather than trying to just sit down and prepare a sermon uh, I've just learned to just be in his presence and let his word prepare me and so the verses that I know were to focus on you know I begin to give my attention to those verses and start Uh, just reading those and letting the Lord stir and prepare my heart. But in doing so, many times he starts having conversations with me about things down the road that I'm not really prepared to talk to him about. (laughs) But one of the things that's coming, uh, maybe three weeks, it'll be after Father's Day, uh, we're going to be looking at what are amazing signs of raindrops, Of a flood God is starting to pour out in the earth. Early rains are beginning. I want you to hear what I'm saying and engage your heart in an attitude of faith and declaration and believing. But there are early signs of a massive rain, a massive outpouring of the Spirit. I was talking with somebody this week in the UK, and a a girl was on a dance floor in a pub. And in the midst of being on the dance floor in the, pub, uh, in the pub, suddenly God just began to convict her heart so deeply she stood in that room and realized her life was just being squandered. She ran out of the bar and went home and started Googling how do I become a Christian? And she gave her life to Christ. Like I could probably give you three or four stories like that right now that I'm aware of. And I just want you to know that revival is a beautiful thing when it happens in a pocket. But awakening is something that happens all over the earth and there begins to be community transformation in every nation of the world and that is something that God is into. (laughs) So Father, we just say, would you do whatever you desire to do within our hearts? Here is our heart. We just give it to you. we live in a world that very aggressively tries to capture our heart and fill it with a variety of things that are contrary to the reality of your kingdom yeah. so much so the church becomes evangelized by the world and the worldly ideologies then are the things that make sense and biblical theology seems to feel foreign but Lord would you help us to become the bride of Christ that you called us to be where your word is true your word prevails in a way that our hearts are drawn in to be more like Christ in the way we love God in the way we love others in the way we hold to the reality of truth in Jesus mighty name Amen We're going to be looking at 1 John 4, if you'll turn there in your Bibles. I believe the Lord's going to be very um, very present in our time together. If you spend any time alone in prayer, then you know what it means to actually practice an awareness of God's presence as a way of life. If you don't spend time alone in the Word and If you don't really make time to be alone in prayer with God, then you may have no idea when the Lord's presence is right there with you. And in the book of Acts, we see where there's a mighty outpouring, and some people had no idea. They were standing there in a mocking spirit. I believe today we have a mocking spirit in the church. Even in the way we look at some of the things that we're going to talk about today, and I want to address that. I want to break that. I want us to grow and become mature. And many people in the church are far more emotionally charged than they are spiritually mature. And you've heard me say that phrase a lot, but it's a reality. And today, I'm going to have to ask for your help in a conversation um, that I know God wants to have with us. Because you're going to be prone to a carnal reaction about a spiritual truth that's going to sound right to you. Because it's right. But you're going to be prone to provide a carnal reaction. But the Lord's going to help us and grow us and mature us to be able to give a spiritual response to that which God desires to reveal in such a way that it actually helps people around us, everyone around us in, in our everyday lives, come to know the heart of Jesus as a result of our existence. That's really the goal, isn't it? How many of you would agree that's the goal? So we want to start with this revelation and reality of love as we look at 1 John chapter 4. The title today is Truth and Love. And so I'm going to start with love. I want to read verse 7 of this chapter. But I'm only reading this verse first because it's where we're going to identify kind of the central theme of love. God is not just loving, God is love. But then we're going to go back and look at the verses prior to it that give us the foundation of truth because you have to have truth to stand on if you're going to actually love I want you to think about how important truth is in any love relationship love is really important but if love doesn't stand on the basis of truth then love is really faltering in many respects deeply flawed if it doesn't stand on the basis of truth first let's look at love first John chapter 4 verse 7 Lord thank you for your blessing that rests upon the public reading of your word that you're teaching us more to value these things that we've just so bypassed and even neglected in times past take us deeper In our 2023 New Year's revelation of going deeper, Lord, I pray that you would help us to grow deeper in our understanding of the nature of Christ, even in the way we read your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. We must be very careful to make sure that we embrace truth in the way we express love. Let's be clear, love is central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm just going to make sure we all understand we must be very careful to make sure we embrace truth in the way we express love. Because if you look at this verse 7 all about love and then we go just the few verses prior up to first like 1 through 6 before we get to 7. This is what it says. Beloved do not believe every spirit. What do you think that's about? You need to understand there is a spiritual origin to the information in your life we are not human beings having a spiritual experience we are spiritual beings having a human experience more is going on spiritually around us than we could possibly begin to understand there's a spiritual origin to the information that you process you are what you eat you are what you eat. We're in a season of time where we know the Lord is wanting to caution us about what we're allowing our minds to feast on because you are what you eat and what you allow to go into your mind. Your entertainment, your ideology, you are what you eat. Some of us need to repent for what we've allowed to be in our minds. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This is the same Lord who wants to be right beside you when you're taking in whatever you're taking in in the form of entertainment in your life. Are you comfortable with that? There's a spiritual origin to your information. That's why we, before we get to love in this chapter, he's, he's pointing this out. Do not believe every spirit. Just because somebody says something true doesn't make it true. Just because you think it didn't make it right. That's right. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. What's the spiritual origin of your information? This is going to get pretty crazy here. The spirit of the Antichrist. Like. I don't know, if you've grown up in church, you understand a little bit of 666 and Revelation 13 and the Antichrist and what's going to emerge in the last day. I mean, all of that flows into this particular text of Scripture when we're reading this. We want to love, we want to test the spirits, because the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. How many of you believe the spirit of Antichrist is at work in the world in which you and I live? How many of you think the spirit of Antichrist might have a little bit of influence in uh, secular entertainment industry, the, in the world in which you and I live? The, the spirit of Antichrist might have a little bit of influence in the music that our kids are filling their hearts and minds with, and the, the shows and programs that our children are being fed this, this woke agenda, and we're going to address this woke agenda this week and next week. And I assure you the origin of this agenda is the information that's born from this spirit that the Bible is talking about and it is very anti-Christian and anti-Jesus and anti-Christ. Yeah. The spirit of antichrist is now at work in the world. Verse 5, they are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world or from the world's perspective and the world listens to them. There's a, how many know there's a worldly ideology that exists? And the people that are evangelized by the world, taken by the ideologies of the world, they listen to what the world has to say. And they say, Yeah, that's right. Everything else is wrong. What the world's ideology is is right. There's a battle going on. Yeah, that's right. But we are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us or listens to the teaching of Scripture, the reality of God's Word, God's Word, is the supreme origin of truth for our lives. It's just very important that we as Christians understand this in a confusing world that we're in today. Whoever is not from God does not listen to it. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. By this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do you remember Easter Sunday? Velcro, velvet. Spirit of truth, the spirit of error. I'm going to try to really stay true to my notes as much as possible in light of the sensitive nature of the topic today. But Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 actually warns us against being taken captive, imprisoned by the philosophies of this world. I want you to hear me loud and clear as I say this because I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. Somebody before service said, are you going to yell at us again today? I said right after I yell at myself. Colossians 2 8 warns us against being taken captive by the philosophies of this world so many Christians have no idea where biblical theology ends and worldly philosophy begins so many Christians have no idea where biblical theology concludes in their way of thinking and worldly philosophy takes over and almost a seducing spirit entices us in to that which sacrifices truth in the name of the worldly ideology that many times feels right. How many of you know Jesus was loving? Can I get an amen, Jesus was loving? Well, then why did they kill him? I wonder why they crucified Jesus if Jesus was loving. Have you thought about this? They didn't crucify Jesus because he loved the poor. They crucified Jesus because he was unbending when it came to truth. Jesus is politically incorrect. And if he were here today, he would be crucified again because he is unbending when it comes to truth. He would love the poor and he would love us all well. But he would not love us at the expense of truth. That's why we're talking about truth and love. We must be unbending when it comes to truth, but please hear me. We can be unbending without being unloving or unkind. It's our own insecurity that rallies a disposition that is emotionally charged in our positions even in terms of our biblical theology. We all can easily become more emotionally charged than spiritually mature when we're discussing these kinds of topics today. And so let me just appeal to you in in a way that um, I'm I'm, I'm addressing us first. I mean, you know, judgment always should begin in the house of God. And the church has not been good at being loving to the world around them. You really ought to amen it because it's true. The church has been awful at the way we've not loved the world well. And, and God's going to help us mature and grow in this. So today as I'm talking about this, I'm going to talk about sexuality. I'm going to talk about gender. I'm going to talk about some of the things that are going on in the world around us. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I have purposefully extracted every element of humor out of my message. I will not say anything funny. So do not make sport and mock and laugh. One of the biggest problems we have in the church is we mock people that are in darkness to substantiate our position of being right. Jesus never did that. Jesus loved the lost. The people he addressed harshly weren't the lost people in darkness. It was the religious people, people in churches. So I want you to think with me like this. This is the way we need to hear this message today. Because I'm going to go there. And and you need me to go there. And we need to be a church that understands what there is all about. Why it's so important in the culture war of today. But I want you to think of it in these terms. I want you to hear this message in these terms. I want you to think about a family member. That you love dearly. That you, you care about with all of your heart. And I want you just to envision, this is a made-up family member that now exists, somebody who's related to you, and I want you to imagine they are sitting next to you, and they identify with LGBTQ. I want you to think about that. A family member that you love is now in the room, and they identify with LGBTQ. Let your response be one that would celebrate the loving conviction of the Holy Spirit and not the mocking spirit of religious people. We have to be able to talk about these issues in a way that helps people explore and understand the nature of Christ. And I'm just going to tell you, being politically charged and spiritually immature is not going to help anybody find the way into a reality of the nature of Christ. You got to walk out your call in whatever way you're called, but let me tell you, you should be walking it out with deep spiritual maturity, utter brokenness before the Lord, and great awareness of the fear of God and the holiness of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So, you are what you eat. Our children are suffering. An incredible agenda that's been crammed down their throat. I'm going to tell you some things that some of you are aware of today. I'm going to tell you some things that some of you are going to be shocked at today. I've been ultra cautious in the way I've put all this together so that I've substantiated everything I'm going to say. Uh, but, But let's start in this regard, just understanding on behalf of our children... They are not being fed the cultural agenda like some steady stream going into their life. They're being fed like a forceful fire hose that is so strong that hearing any essence of truth begins to sound foreign to their way of thinking. And you need to know this. I'm going to say this again in just a while, but there's never been a day, never ever in the history of the world has there been a day where our children's beliefs are so under fire never a time when our children need to be in the presence of like-minded believers who are encouraging them in the Lord looking to the Word of God as the ultimate source of truth there's never been a time our kids need this more and I'm glad you're here but I would encourage you whatever your level of devotion and gathering as the church and experiencing community as a body of believers coming into community groups and making those deeper connections go deeper we need it more than we realize we need it so former NAACP president Rachel DeLisle was exposed by her parents NAACP, National Association of Advancement of Colored People. She was exposed by her parents for disguising herself as a black woman when she was actually born biologically white. She claims, I'm really a black woman even though I was born biologically white. So you may choose to identify as a black woman but if you've been born biologically white let me just caution you again I'm about to make a point it's gonna be your, it's gonna feel right to your theology but again I want you to think about that family member I, I'll tell you what I, I'm listening to some pastors stand on platforms like this and I'm so deeply grieved It's the way they spin everybody up in the same religious spirit that crucified Jesus. They're ready to go crucify whoever. So let the tenderness of the heart of Jesus for the people around us. I'll tell you this, and let's just think about this for a moment. We Christians sure get mad when people sin in ways other than we do. Okay, I said something funny there, sorry. I said I wasn't going to joke. <clears throat> but on that side of the reality it's true. <clears throat> Just because you can't identify with somebody's issue in their life and we're looking at scripture doesn't give you the right to dismiss them in any way, marginalize them in any way. So, back to the story of Rachel DeLeselle exposing, you know, exposes disguising herself as black when she actually was born biologically white. You can choose to identify as black if you want to but if you were born biologically white, that doesn't change the truth that you are actually white and the NAACP rightfully won't let you be their president. The reason this is such an important thing for us to realize is because God actually before he formed you in the womb purposed for you to be the sacred race that you actually are. This came from God therefore it is sacred. Your race, like your gender, is given to you by God, and that makes it sacred. To be born biologically male with a penis makes you a boy. To be born biologically female with a vagina makes you a girl. Now it's Amazing that this is the conversation that we're having to have in the day in which we live But let's be clear. This is a conversation. We're needing to have in the day in which you and I live This has become so confusing that our last Supreme Court justice appointment when asked to de- to define a woman said I can't give you a definition of a woman because I'm not a biologist Now, some people confuse this issue when we start pointing at Scripture and, and and critics to the message that I'm saying, and there are many, would say, well, you're going to point to the Bible, huh? The book of Leviticus says it's an abomination for a man to have sex with a man. Homosexual, sexual relations, according to the Bible, are an abomination before God. I, I'm, I'm not addressing the issue of homosexuality as much as I'm addressing anything contrary to biblical sexuality that would be fornication if you're here and you're sexually involved and you're not married you need to repent because that's sin and it's creating something within your dynamic of existence that should not be there fornication sex outside of the context of marriage of a man and a woman adultery a sexual relationship with somebody other than the person you're married to this is a violation of biblical sexuality homosexual sexuality is something we read about that the Bible says is wrong and we read that in Leviticus or other places but just pointing out for the sake of argument that some people would uh, come against with uh, as critics They say, well, yeah, it may say that in Leviticus, but it also says, don't eat a ham sandwich. And it also says, don't cut your sideburns. I don't know if you read that one verse. Don't go poop in the city limits. Well, that's some interesting scripture, isn't it? And so then the dismissal of this other verse, because of the lack of understanding of these other verses, And I want to explain it to you. I want you to understand. I want you to be able to have an answer for this. There are three kinds of laws in Scripture. You you probably need to write this down. It's on the blog. But I would encourage you to think about what I'm saying. Because in the day that you and I live, we need to think about this. There are three kinds of laws in Scriptures. There is ceremonial law that dealt with the Levitical priesthood that said things like, Don't cut your sideburns. Don't get tattoos. Those, Those were things that were ceremonial laws. And then there's civil laws. And civil laws dealt with hygiene, cleanliness, different things for civil society, civil community. And, and good news, you can go to the bathroom in the city limits now because we have advanced sewage systems. So, you know, that's, that's good. So you got ceremonial laws and civil laws. And those, you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law and transition took place. Peter has this experience, and now we know we can eat ham. How I many be glad for bacon? and so you know civil laws ceremonial laws those are laws that change you don't read that in the new testament you only read that in the old testament because it's the law that changed civil law ceremonial law but moral law that's a different story it's the third kind of law moral law we actually read in the old testament and we also find it in the new testament And you should never pit civil or ceremonial law against moral law because moral law is under the basis of the Ten Commandments where we find things like don't lie. So if you're going to dismiss moral law of the Old Testament, then you're going to have to begin to embrace lying, cheating, stealing, you have to embrace all of those, but we don't do that because we understand civil law, ceremonial law, and moral law are three different kinds of laws in Scripture. So when somebody tells you that, you need to have an answer and information in, in how to have that conversation with them. And you can read in the book of Romans that it also says for, uh, home, for men not to have sex with men and women to have sex with women. You can read in the book of Corinthians, which is the most sexualized culture of, of where the church existed in New Testament times, and very specific it says the same thing in there so you've got Old Testament and New Testament telling us that this is wrong so I just want to say let it go on record we as a, a church in love believe in truth that biblical sexuality is the only sexuality that we all should be aspiring toward and participating in Amen. everything else requires a sense of self control well I just, I just feel really attracted to women other than my wife doesn't matter how I feel (laughs) what matters is what God's Word says and I have to choose to live a lifestyle that honors his word even above my emotional feelings or attractions or anything along those lines when we live in a love that abandons truth it fosters all kinds of confusion when we have a love without truth it fosters all kinds of confusion you might be surprised to hear that Gen Z these people who were born 1997 to 2003 Gen Z are children one in five of them now self-identify as LGBTQ that's a pretty outrageous number and a lot of this is happening because again, of the agenda to the children, and so, how many of you know that a little girl, uh, as she's growing to be a little older, but still a little girl, is going to find boys to be icky at a certain age, right? And and little boys are going to, as they're growing, they're going to find girls to be icky. And and we live in a society that would encourage them at that age. Of finding the opposite sex, it's icky to explore the possible sexual preference of same sex attraction. Y- you might not understand what I just said, but it's huge. Let me, let me give you an illustration of this because there's, there's something called Drag Queen Story Hour. Drag Queen Story Hour focuses on, and here are children ages two to eight years old. It wasn't being uh, reported on the news as something taking place in, like, California. This picture actually made the news in Oklahoma. And you'll notice uh, they're encouraged to dress up as well, cross-dress, however you want to describe it. Uh, Children are are given, you know, rainbow collages, pride flag, rainbow crowns. They develop pronoun pins. Here's another uh, picture of a drag queen telling the story for all the little children to hear the story helping the children grow to have an open mind. The the problem is um, that our children are facing this from in many instances voices of adults that are actually substantiating their decisions of sexual preference without the acknowledgement or consent of their parents or adults. You can take that down. <laughs> I don't did you hear what I said? I'm trying, to, trying not to just race through a bunch of information because I'm just trying to seek the truth of the Word and the heart of God and how that comes together for us. I talked to a pastor from New Mexico this past week and he shared how their liberal governor signed into law gender care treatment for children, minors, without their parents' consent or awareness. There are gender closets that exist in some school scenarios where children showing up to school who want to identify as a different gender that their parents might not be in agreement with, they can go into the closet and identify however they want for the course of that day with gender closets being made available for the kids the the law in new mexico also provides abortions for minors without the consent or awareness of the parents Uh, somebody sent me the transformer children's cartoon where uh, again, this, this is the entertainment that our, our kids are watching. Nightshade is a transformer having a conversation with uh, a child named Sam. It's friendly robot, Nightshade, talking to Sam. And children would watch this interaction. And they're having a conversation. And, and this is the text. The world can be a scary place. The The... Nightshade, the robot, identifies as non, non, non-binary. Again, dealing with sexuality. The world can be a scary place. Uh, it's hard to know. I'm just quoting what the cartoon interaction was. It's hard to know who's dangerous or not. But I know I'm safe around other non-binary people. Our kids are being taught those of us with conservative values are dangerous people maybe dangerous should be a term we levy more toward medical treatments hormone therapy for children as young as age 3 all in the name of gender care you might think well that's extreme they're not they're not age of 3 Yale University hired a pediatric gender program director who says she treats patients as young as three years old. Their website says, a variety of medical treatments related to gender affirmation, including puberty blocking treatments, cross hormone therapies, and ultimately that which points to gender altering surgeries when the children get old enough to be able to participate. I think danger might be better assigned in something going on like that. In 2016, Target announced that a biological male who identifies as a female could follow my children, my daughters, into a girl's bathroom, into a woman's changing room. Seven years ago, I would say that's dangerous. Target um, faced Backlash as a result of hiring a transgender designer to develop pride products for Pride Month this was Pride Month. Before I go on, I just I want to say thank you. <laughs> you all are doing a great job uh, processing this together in a way that we're not creating this mocking, jeering. I, I literally have had people. Tell me they left the church because I wouldn't give it to the gays. Probably I've not heard a more unchrist like expression from a person that's not even a Christian, let alone. So thank you. The Lord's taking us to greater places of maturity. Where we're able to walk this out in a way that we can identify what is truth and still live in an attitude of love. And hopefully people can be drawn into an understanding that God wants them to understand the truth of his word and the love of his heart. And I know this is wildly uh, offensive to many people in the day in which you and I live. But they didn't crucify Jesus because he loved the poor. (laughs) Target recently faced backlash as a result of hiring a transgender designer to develop pride products for Pride Month that would be sold through Target. The designer was born a woman but had surgery to remove her breasts and has been living on hormones identifying as a gay trans man. To address the controversy, the designer went on social media posting this picture in response to all the firestorm that had taken place. You might notice the shirt actually says, Satan respects pronouns. Notice what this person is wearing on the head. So a satanic shirt, this is is their own line of clothing by the way. Uh, And and let's be clear, I don't want to be convoluted in this, target is not picking up their demonic uh, slogans and that sort of thing. That's, that's this designer's own line. But the designer developed pride products for Target. But, but you get the picture. That's, those are satanic horns on the person's head. So this is, this is the thing that's kind of wild. Uh, those on the progressive left are saying Christians are attacking this person, saying that this is demonic. And the reason people are saying this is demonic is because this is demonic. It is demonic. Disney's new cartoon series, Little Demon, is about a girl who mates with Satan and gives birth to his Antichrist daughter. Not only are kids confused on this issue, but many Christians are confused as well. Recently, I posted a very simple question on Facebook. It was not a moral imperative. I simply asked, as the father of two daughters who are sitting here on the front row today, as the father of two daughters, I have to ask women, does it make you proud when a biological male identifies as a female and shatters athletic records of all women athletes before that person ever participated. I, I, I don't understand this personally, and I literally asked that question. How many of you know I had a few people having some conversation on my Facebook page as a result of that? And, and I, I, I really would encourage you, just spare the social media rants. <laughs> Uh, that question I was asking wasn't, uh, uh, again it wasn't a moral imperative, it was a question. And when people were infuriated at me, I simply responded and said, I'm not saying what's right or wrong, I'm asking you as a female, does that make you proud? I, I, I need to know this. Like I'm trying to sort this out myself. A biological male identifying as a woman has become one of the most amazing woman rugby players ever in the history of the world. This this biological male identifying as a woman is a foot taller than most competitors, 50 to 100 pounds heavier than most of women competitors. And this person is an amazing rugby player in women's rugby. A biological male identifying as a woman, as a national amateur boxer, is—that's the person on the left before—and then you see on the far right after. And there, in the middle, is the the uh, as a as a fighter. Uh, What you see in that scan—that's a a skull scan—and in the first. 39 seconds of the first round, this biological male identifying as a woman cracked a woman's skull, knocking her out in 39 seconds. And then danced around the, um, the, the ring as the greatest woman boxer who's ever lived. Now, what I'm going to say to you next is not true and it was meant to be funny. I'm not presenting it as funny and again I'm extracting humor for the sake of some sobriety to the the concept and idea but the logic remains the same. Professional motorcycle racer Jud E. Banner, the brave trans vehicle rider, that's him on the right, fake, it's just this was all fake okay, but, but you follow the logic, the brave trans vehicle rider was allowed to race against bicycles after telling league organizers he's always felt like a bicyclist in a motorcyclist's body. I mean the logic is silly. So what do we do about this? And this is the big question that has to be asked. And if you'll take that down. I want to take you to a serious conclusion. I'm going to read to you a few scriptures and I want you just to again hear what the Lord reveals in his word particularly about the day that you and I live Isaiah chapter 5 verses 19 to 21 think about everything we've heard think about an NAACP president biologically white identifying as black Uh, think about, you know, gender, the biological males identifying as females. I want you to think about those things. I want you to think about how infuriated many people are that this would be a public message that's broadcast out online. I want you to think about all that as you hear Isaiah chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. They even mock the Holy One of Israel, speaking of the disobedient in the earth. They even mock the Holy One of Israel and dare the Lord to punish them. Hurry up and punish us, O Lord, they say. We want to see what you can do. They say that what is right is wrong. And they say what is wrong is right. That black is white, and white is black. Bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. Woe to those who are wise and shrewd in their own eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 to 11 do not be deceived I wanna exhort you as the Apostle Paul did do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral this is speaking of any biblical sexuality outside of the context of biblical sex biological man born with a penis biological woman girl born with a vagina in the covenant of marriage in that sexual context that's biblical sex don't be deceived sexually immoral this would be a fornication again all the categories would count here idolaters nor adulterers nor men who practice homosexuality this would be men and women obviously mankind Nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. Some of you were there. If you were there, can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) I mean, we're being honest, aren't we? But you didn't have to dwell there. You didn't say, well, that's just the way I am such were some of you but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God thank God you came out I ask the worship team to go ahead and come if you would 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 again apostle Paul cautions His spiritual son Timothy for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions you might just write down somewhere it's not in your notes and I didn't put it in the blog but it's an important thing that you 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 think about again they surround themselves with teachers who will suit their own passions this is what I want you to write down some Christians don't let the Bible get in the way of what they've decided to believe. It's not convenient. It's very complicated. Can you imagine how complicated it is for me to stand here and have this conversation in a variety of expressions, a lot of different contexts. Some of you in this room, I know for a fact, have contended with some of these types of sexual orientation issues in times past and come into a place we've, we've had uh, homosexual couples attend our church for prolonged periods of time at different times and, and let me just say I've embraced them I've told them you are welcome here we don't violate what is true by loving people well I had, I had a, a conversation, personal conversation with a gay couple they, were, uh, they had gone through the process, gotten married and everything and, and, and I just said hey can we get together and talk and, and we literally sat in my office for over an hour and this was my question why are you attending a, a church that you know is not going to be gay affirming and they and, and their response to me just telling you what they said they said um, we feel the presence of God here like we don't feel it when we go to those other churches and I said well that might speak something to you in the conversation, but I guess the bigger question I have to ask you is how can we as a church love you well when we don't agree with the lifestyle you've chosen and even some of maybe what you interpret in the Word? how can we love you well? And I ask, how, how will you feel? When somebody stands, and it will happen. It's not our weekly message, but it'll happen. Someone will have a, a conversation like what I'm having today. And when we portray for clarity, for all of our church to understand our position, how will how will you respond to that internally? And how can we love you well? And I just have to tell you, it was a beautiful conversation. We remained. Um, warm in our interactions for a good deal of time until offense took place and then that, that ended. I just want to ask you this week your action point is to take some time with the verses from today and pray that God will give us a heart to love while holding on to truth. All this is on the blog. All these verses are on the blog. How many of you think these might be important Bible verses for us to be familiar with as the body of Christ, as the church? The first verse you'll find is a verse about loving well. But then we'll go back to the context and we'll understand the spirit, the origin of the information, origin of the spirit of that information It's important. Never in the history of the world have our, church, our children needed more to be in church with like-minded believers who are looking to God's Word as their ultimate source of truth? And I want to say to you, I love you. I love this Destiny family and I'm thankful for a place that is a safe place for us to celebrate the reality of God's Word as our supreme source of truth. Hats off, Destiny family. kind of searching for what um, the Lord may want to do in this moment so just bear with me and let's just make sure we're giving our attention to him just in your own heart maybe there are some areas that you immediately realize that you need to repent and just ask God to begin to heal Maybe you need to recognize and just tell the Lord that that text in Colossians that you've been taken captive in many ways by the philosophies of the world. You've embraced those things as reality. Though it violates the nature of of God, holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So if there's, just right where you are, just everybody just let this be a private moment between you and the Lord. Just close your eyes and focus on Him. But if you're sitting there and there's anything in your life that you feel the loving conviction of the Holy Spirit pointing out, highlighting, pointing light on, enlightenment to, and you say, I just want to surrender that more readily to Christ, I want you just to lift both your hands and surrender to Him, just right there where you are. Whatever it may be. It may be being captive to the philosophy of the world. It may be uh, some of the issues that we read about in Corinthians. Just unchecked areas of your life that you know are not lining up with what God is asking for you in Scripture. Not, Not just from you, for you. Father, we surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ and we want your truth and your love To be our way of life we readily admit we don't have this all figured out we're all on a journey just trying to find our way but we're growing deeper in our understanding of the nature of Christ and the love of the Father and our love for humanity around us and the way we walk this journey out heal us I pray Lord as we just repent your word says repentance brings refreshing Thank you for the refreshing of God that happens when we repent in our lives. Jesus mighty name. Jesus mighty name. Come on, let's all stand. We're going to just take what the Lord's stirring in our each of our hearts and just bring that into uh, an expression of worship to him. And as we do that, I would invite you, our, our elders are going to be available as our prayer team today. You know, once a month we introduce our elders so that our church gets the uh, understanding of who are those who are helping oversee what God is calling us to do as a church family. So as I call your names uh, for our elders, if you'd make your way up on either side, wherever you are in the congregation Jim and Diana Howard, Jason and Heather Shiflet, Ryan and Gina Perry. Derek and Crystal Wilson, Dave and Lauren Fulford, Wade and Jennifer Moore. And I I would just invite you to understand there is something significant in the Bible about letting the elders pray with you, pray for you power of prayer is just phenomenal but we do see some distinction for the elders if any is sick let the elders lay hands uh, on you know these distinctions that are made in scripture and and i just want to say our elders are available if we can pray about anything at all stand in agreement maybe an area of struggle that you're contending with that you've lifted your hands or a family member that you want to agree for whatever that looks like we're going to take just a few moments and press in and in a place of just worship And I just ask that you just allow your heart just to be tender before Him and pay attention. The Lord may prompt you to go and receive prayer very specifically for something He wants to bring breakthrough uh, in your life or in the lives of those around you. So let's worship. Let's press in.